that video, it, uh, I think it raises a great question. Do you know what path you're on? I mean, have you ever really considered what path in life you're on? And then, when you add these little ones, that, that they're going to be following us, I mean, I think we ought to pay close attention to what path we're on. And, and I just love the point the video works towards. If, if we desire that they walk alongside of us forever, then we ought to make sure that we're on the path that leads to forever. And which means that we, we want to walk in such a way that when our children begin to choose for themselves, that they too will choose the path which leads to forever. So today, as a part of our summer faith series, I want to talk to you about walking the path of faith. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And since it's Father's Day, as a part of our faith series, I want you all to turn to one of the most boring passages in all of Scripture. It's Father's Day. Let's go boring here. Um, Genesis chapter 5. What you find in the fifth chapter of Genesis is this rather monotonous record of names of men about very little is known about them. I mean, all the chronicler seemed to know was that each man was born, he had a family, and then died. And over and over again, a man was born, had a family, And then he died. But then he comes to a man named Enoch. And when he came to Enoch, he could not pass up adding two interesting bits of information that was different than everyone else on the list. He tells how Enoch lived and what became of him. And in Genesis 5, verse 21, we read these words. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. What does it mean to walk with God? It it, it means more than to be a Christian. I mean, one cannot walk with God and not be a Christian But not every Christian walks with God. Uh, uh, These two bits of information were given about Enoch. It communicates that he was saved, but it tells us far more than that. It it tells us how he conducted himself, the company he kept, the, the spirit he had, and the things that he enjoyed in this world. I mean, there would not have been a reason to warn Enoch about his language, about his honesty, about having love for his fellow man, or about a hundred other negatives that many of us struggle against. No, Enoch had settled those negatives with one positive. If you haven't figured this out already, the Christian life is always best preserved by filling it with good things rather than trying to guard against the bad things. This passage suggests an intimacy You see, walking together is unthinkable in the absence of a close relationship. Uh, Walking together um, suggests the warmest of friendships, the kind where two people enjoy the same things 
They have the same interests. The, they share each other's goodwill. The, the kind where, where one person's happiness is impacted when they are separated. Dads, you ought to let your children see that you love their mother. Our children need to see men respect and honor their mothers. Uh, also, show your children that you love Jesus. Let them see you pray. Let them see you sing. Let them see you serve. Let them see you bow down. Like If we really want someday for our children to choose for themselves to walk with the Lord, they need to see that in us. This passage also suggests uh, both a purity of life and a life of progress. Purity because one cannot walk with both God and the devil at the same time. It's either God or it's the devil, but not both, because they're not going in the same direction. Jesus teaches us in Matthew six twenty four. he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 2 Corinthians six fifteen says, What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? See, walking with God means that... Uh, that, that God chooses the direction. You walk God's path rather than your own. God leads. So many Christians live going their own way in life. And, and they're happy to encounter God occasionally. But that's not walking with God. That's, that's insisting that God walks with you. And there is a difference. Walking with God also means a life of faith. Uh, for real, real faith is not simply a one-time event. It is a way of life. Enoch lived by faith each and every day, 365 days a year. This passage also suggests a walk of progress, not idleness, nor indifference, but, but a forward movement and growth. You see, many Christians stop right where they are, are when they're saved. They, they never grow, they never advance one step. Walking with God it means instead of, uh, instead of just stopping where you are, you, 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 you follow along that path. Instead, many Christians will spend their time criticizing those who are moving forward. Such friends may be saved, but they're not walking with God. When, when one walks with God, one finds themselves moving toward the accomplishments of God's will because that's the direction that God is going. That, that person will find themselves helping people who are in need. Because that's what the Lord Jesus was found most, doing most often. That, that when you walk with God, you'll find yourself having the heart of a missionary. Doing, doing all that you can to introduce the Lord's salvation to a lost and perishing world. Look, let, let no church member think that he or she is walking with God if he or she is constantly opposing the work of the church, making it harder for others to carry it on. Jesus loved the church, gave himself up for it. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. All who walk with God will be happy to do the same. You know, what we each love and hate are indicators of whether or not we're walking with God. 
we, if we love the things of God, that's an indicator that what path we're on. But if you're in opposition, that ought to alert you that you're not on His path. Also, the things that you that you that a person helps and the things a person a person hinders points to either a harmony or division between their soul and God. I want you to notice when um, when when this intimacy began for Enoch. It, it, he began walking with God after the birth of his first child. It says in verse twenty-two, Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah. This seems to indicate that before the birth of his child, that Enoch did not walk with God. But after this little one was laid in his arms, he was moved to follow God. The, the, the responsibility of parenthood, that is, that is enough to bring most fathers and mothers to their knees. Am I not right? This, this little person, it lies helpless in your hands. Waiting to be trained in the ways of life. You're not only the parents, the, the child's parent, but you now you're also their teacher, their example, the, the standard by which one day they will measure themselves up to. Who this child will be, who they will become, their relationship to God, the, their relationship to right and wrong, they're all greatly influenced by their father. A, a father who can look into the face of his own innocent child and not want to be a better man, is strangely lacking in makeup some way, somehow. I mean, here's this little life without habit, without stain, without mark or blot. It's uh, no mar on his character. And as a father, you're given a chance to either make it or mar it. The child's first lessons will be learned at the father's knees. The child's first hero will be his dad. And the standards of life will either be lifted or crushed by his father's example. Such things will make an honest man try to live a better life for the sake of their child. Enoch, when he saw his son, it made a change in him. And that's when he began to walk with God. Now Enoch, he lived at a time when the majority of the human race had deserted God. Uh, a relationship with God was, was something that people would laugh and mock. Uh, it was not enough to be a nominal believer in God. It was imperative that the Father's influence be significantly stronger than all other counter-influences. It's been said... That we parents are not the only influence in a child's life. So we must make sure that we're the most significant. Enoch, he also began to walk with God when he was a young man. Just starting out with the best of his life still ahead of him. You know, among some of the many tricks of the devil, there's, there might not be one more devious than to trick a young man into wasting the best part of his life and then offer the last fragment to God when he comes to die. The, the time for a man to begin his life with God is, is when he's young. Look, nobody waits until they're old to begin their life vocation. We do not wait till we are old to find a wife or to get an education. 
nor should we wait until we are old to begin walking with God. The, this, there's this idea out in the culture of, of sowing wild oats. That is a lie from hell meant to steal away the very best a man has to offer. God's got a different plan. In Ecclesiastes 12.1, it says, Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I've got no pleasure in them. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Enoch began to walk with God when he lived in the midst of a rebellious nation. We, we read in Genesis 6.5, it says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. I just can't imagine how corrupt life was back then. As I sometimes am struggled to deal with the way things are now. Uh, this week, uh, I've, I've got this gym that I've got a membership to, and they've got this uh, contest going on for a fitness contest. And there's a prize of $1,000, which motivates me. So I've been in the gym a lot. And uh, I've got the kind of membership where you get to have classes. Not everybody gets classes unless you pay the little bit extra. And so I pay the extra because... I like people telling me what to do in, in exercise. It takes the thought out of it, and I just have to work. Well, the, the, some of these trainers in their youthfulness listen to the same kind of music that I listen to in my youthfulness. Pretty foul. And it's just like, and as God's been changing me over the years, it's now it's like I just, I can't hear the, when I was a kid, those words, I was like, oh, they, they, they were, that's so witty to rhyme like that. And now it just like, oh, it just tears at me. But folks are just going around like, man, that just makes the music better. I guess you burn more calories when somebody's cussing at you. I, I don't know. Just, it was just weird to me. Enoch lived at a time when it was much more... Um, difficult to walk with God. Enoch did not wait for following God to become popular or even accepted. He did it when he was almost alone as a worshiper of God. I mean, it's easy to be spiritual and religious when everybody is spiritual and religious. But how admirable it is, how honorable it is, when a young man who's reared in a non-Christian home or in an anti-Christian community rises above the antagonism to pursue a life dedicated to God. That was Enoch. So what's the result of this relationship, this walking with God? What's the benefit to Enoch for walking with God? Look, not only was Enoch blessed, but so was his child. The honor that came to his child was no small reward. Methuselah lived to be the oldest man ever recorded. In Genesis 5.27, it says, Thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and then he died. See, God honored Enoch 
by blessing his child. God was fulfilling a promise that he would give hundreds of years later. In Deuteronomy 5, we're told this. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You see, God promises to bless the children of those who walk in faith. Did you know, if you do the math, Methuselah was the connecting link between Adam and Noah. When you do the math, Methuselah's life overlapped Adam's life by 250 years, and he overlapped Noah's life by 600 years, thus making it possible that the story of creation and God's dealing with Adam and Eve, it made it possible to be handed down to Noah practically firsthand, passing through only one person. The second result, the benefit to Enoch, was his glorious translation into, as God's trusted friend. He was, he was able to enter his eternal home without passing through the gate of death. We're told in Genesis 5.24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Look, as I've talked to people over these many years, at funerals and other events, you know, we, a friend or a loved one has passed away, and we're sitting and we're visiting and we're talking. I, I just can't tell you how many people have expressed to me the hope that when it is their time, they hope that they can pass peacefully in their sleep. Enoch has that topped. Uh, Enoch got to enter eternity without experiencing death. I mean, how great is that? Listen, there is no better way to live a life than by walking with God. Uh, There's no better way both for us as individuals and for our children who follow in our footsteps. There's no better way for us, for our children for our grandchildren and great-grandchildren because God promises to bless from generation to generation for the faithfulness of those who walk with Him. See, the path that you're on, it has enormous consequences for those who follow you. Let me ask you this. What change today needs to happen in order for you to become one who walks with God? Maybe today, you need to say, you know what, God? I'm going to let you pick the direction. God, I'm not going to insist on you chasing me. God, I'm going to walk your path. Maybe a change is that you have to say, you know what, God? I want to know you. Not just know about you. I want to have my own experience with you. And God, I'm by faith, I'm going to pursue you by your ways. A lot of people try to make God do it their way. But if you're walking with God, you're saying, you know what, God, I'm going to relate to you on your terms, not mine. I'm going to let you be God, not try to make myself be your God what change do you need to make maybe it needs to be just a 
a commitment that your kids will see you honor God in how you live and what you do. That they're going to see you value the things of God. They're going to see you come to church, read the Bible, pray. That when, when hard times come your way, and they come for all of us, that they get to see you live by faith rather than watch you scurry around in stress and anxiety. You can do that. Maybe the change that you need to make today is that they can see an example of one who loves God and because they love God, they now love, honor, and cherish their mother. Whether it be the mom who's in their home or the mom who's still the mom, even though the divorce has happened. You can show them that. What change needs to happen today that you could take one more step in following God? I love what it says in the book of Micah. It's a verse that just kind of sums it all up for us. In your relationship with God, he says, He's told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. What would life be like if God was leading the way in your life? What would, what would life be like if God guided your steps? What would it be like if you had the wisdom of heaven, of God who sees all eternity leading the way versus when we try to control it and we're just speculating as best as we can? What would it be like for your kids, for your grandkids? What would it be like for your family? Father God, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the testimony we get out of these few verses about a man named Enoch. And God, that, that, that we each could step beyond the typical, uh, that we just not be that, that, that person that's just so self-consumed that the only way we're ever going to go is our own way. Father, your word speaks it. And many of us have lived it. That there is a way to a man which seems right, but in the end leads to destruction. Father, thank you that you have um, redeemed and restored. That there's not a mistake that anyone have made that puts us beyond your reach, beyond the work of your hand. And God, I pray today, as we've gathered here, and we've heard from your word that, that that work of redemption can, can move forward and take the next step. God, help us all discern one more step that we can take in walking your path. 
Father, I pray for anyone here today who has never given their life over to your son Jesus. I pray that today you would speak strongly to their hearts and that you can make a change in them today that would impact their forever. God, I pray for those of us who we've given you our lives, but we've, we've kind of taken it back. And that today you would convict us and with your love, bring us back into a, well, a way that's just better. Um, God, I pray for those um, who are dealing with an emotion that's just so strong, anger and resentment, that God, that freedom can be found by choosing forgiveness today. For those are your ways. And God, if you need us to step up our game, to dig a little deeper, to give a little bit more, God, I pray that not only would you give us courage, but empower us to that effort. And I pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.